Good morning. Good morning. How are you, Sunshine? I'm okay. How are you? I'm awake. I don't know how much longer I can do these 8.30 start times, but I'm happy that that I'll be three hours ahead, so that'll be easier to handle, because I'll be 11.30 instead of 8.30. Talk about, um, welcome to getting juicy, and talk about being uh, raw and honest and open. (laughs) Well, we are raw and honest and open. We're like the fresh rind on a piece of fruit, and just want to grit it down and shred it open, and... Get exactly. juicy. It's exactly why I said it. Exactly. So then, therefore, on a scale from one to ten of, I don't even know what this means, but you will have to decipher what this means. One of being the less, the least juiciest, and ten of being the most juiciest. What are you this morning? Depends on how ripe you want me to be. <laughs> well, I like that answer. Well, you got to keep people guessing. I agree. Okay. Well, it's funny because speaking of like how ripe you want to be or how, you know, on to on it, you want to be our guest today. I feel is I'm really excited to speak with him. I feel like he's going to be a breath of fresh air. And I just feel like he's got this wonderful energy that will bring to all of you. His name is Sean Antonio mm-hmm. and Sean, he is a celebrity life coach. He's an author um, he's a motivational speaker. He's based in LA. So it's interesting. We've had a, we had a, a few guests, quite a few guests now from Los Angeles, from all walks of life, which have, yeah. is really cool. Um, he grew up in Brooklyn, um, but his parents are from Aruba. And I have to look down because I, I remembered Aruba, uh, Panama, Panama. Oh, wow. Yeah. So um, really, really cool uh, upbringing because he also, I believe he's fluent in French, mm-hmm. Spanish, excuse me, not French, Spanish and English. And he's a trained dancer. He was a trained Ooh. dancer. He's got like, so, I have so many questions. Ooh, so many questions. Caliente. Yes. Yeah. How did he get to where he is now? I mean, goodness gracious. Um, what a story already. And we haven't even seen his beautiful face. It's Shana Poonam. I know. Well, I know he has a beautiful face. I've seen I've seen his beautiful face. Um, and passion about photography, travel, goodness gracious. And not that, I mean, I, I don't know. Um, we won't say her name because we didn't ask her permission necessarily, but I'm sure Sean will probably talk about her. But his partner is um, a huge advocate of getting juicy. And she has been just want to thank her so much for uh, shooting, shooting, shooting people our way. <laughs> yes. She's been squeezing people our way through, through the, through the rind. Ex- just squeezing through the rind. Yeah, Ab- sure. Cause that makes sense. Makes complete sense. Complete uh, sense. Yeah. So um, his partner actually is a publicist in Los Angeles and has uh, a bunch of people on our roster, like some of the people we've had on the show already, and uh, was like, you know what? I think Sean would be a wonderful guest. And we said, I think so. We think so too. We can't. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I love it though. And also just how prompt um, Sean was with emailing us this morning saying, I'll see you on on, on the other side soon. Can't wait to speak with you. And you on, know. The, on the other side? That sounds a bit. <laughs> <laughs> Did he say that? Well, I think he just said, like, excited to speak with you soon. Right. So, but other side meaning, like, you know, virtually as opposed to writing, so. I'm 
I'm just teasing. Of course, that's can, but that's the point. Can you not take the the jabs like you give to me? Do you have to talk about that? I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. What are jabs? Okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. It's gonna be like that. <laughs> You're the one with all the boxing and like the the boxing experience and stuff, yeah. and with your cute little you know boxing gloves. <laughs> No, those are some strong pipes. You know what? Yesterday, <laughs> last night before I was went to bed, it's funny you say that. As I was going to bed, I had a hard time falling asleep and I had all this energy. And I almost wanted to, but I didn't. I probably should have because my, my heavy bag is outside. Uh-huh. Inside, obviously, sleeping. I mean, I could have been outside sleeping. Who knows? Um, but I was just like, oh, I just need to get out all this energy. And I almost wanted to just, I should have, because it's not super cold out yet. I should have just gone. It was like 10 PM gone and just like punched the bag a bit before I went to bed. (laughs) (laughs) You know what? I mean, it's nice that you have that as an outlet. That's for sure. Yeah, absolutely. So Mm -hmm. I like the color of your shirt today. It's funny. I was actually just going to say the same thing. And we're both wearing the same brand as well, which is even, even funnier. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, you were, totally are. You were I with- was with you. I know you, you were like, I don't know. I was like, Rach, let's just, let's just go. And then all of a sudden, boom, there you go. And now you're wearing it on the podcast. I think this is the second episode you've worn it. Possible. Good memory. Possible. You, wore it, you wore it on our first episode with Jeff Grace. Wow. And how we've had how many episodes now? Like 60? 70? Is this going to be number 70? Or is it, or is it 69? No, it's, it is 70. It is 70, I think. And speaking of our, 70, our 70th podcast, our 70th podcast with Sean Antonio. Yay! Hello! Good morning, everybody. Good morning, good morning, good morning. Hi. Good morning. How are you? Ah, extraordinary. Great to see you both. <laughs> Great to see you as well. What a lovely face you got there and an incredible hat on top of it. I mean, you're uh, ready to go. Uh, thank you. I borrowed it for today. I borrowed the hat and the, and the face. <laughs> Amazing. Well, if you have a facial stylist, I would love to borrow them as well. <laughs> That's awesome. You're so Canadian. I love your accent. So Canadian hero. That's awesome. <laughs> we have Canadian accents? Oh, my God. And we're I not saying A. That's incredible. I love it. I love it. Well, I spent some time in Canada in my time. I've been in Canada probably about 10 times. So I've been to Vancouver, been up to uh-huh. Beast, been up to, uh, wow, everywhere. I've been to Nova Scotia, been to uh, Montreal, been to Quebec, been, all, been like all throughout Canada. So not so Montreal, been, Quebec. You've been to more of Canada than I have. That's incredible. Yeah, totally. It's awesome. You guys are, you guys are super nice. You guys are always so nice. Oh, <laughs> thank you. You, I was going to say a lot of you guys are too. And we were just kind of doing a little introduction to yourself. And speaking of super nice and super awesome, mm-hmm. uh, her partner is like, and I don't know, can, can we say her name? Do you think that's okay? Do you think she'll be okay with that? Uh, yes. Alicia motherfucking Antonio. Yes. <laughs> her actual middle name is motherfucking. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. Incredible. My She's amazing. Oh my God. We had to just give her a, a plug. I've done that a couple times already, but she has been such an advocate and, um, oh my God, of, of us and of the show. And just, she is just amazing and just so, yeah. so communicative and um, sweet. And we should have her on the show. Anyway. You should have her on the show. So guys, for you guys who don't know who Alicia Antonio is, first of all, she's my wife, nine years. Yay, we just celebrated nine years in, a, a, in three months, a couple days oh ago. Oh my God, Muscle so, Tough. 
we, we, uh, thank you so much. We have our month anniversaries. We, we always celebrate month anniversaries. Just acknowledge our love. But she's an amazing publicist. First of all, she's a publicist by like a side gig. She manages some of Gordon Ramsay's Hell's Kitchen uh, chefs, the winners, and a couple of the runner-ups and people like that that are really close with us. So season 19 and season 20, shout out to all you guys. Uh, that That's what she does just for a side gig. But she's actually a writer and an actor. And she's also my partner in my life coaching company, too. When the world was open, we did workshops. We did relationship workshops for single people and for couples. So she's a badass, man. Like, talk about hats. She wears so many hats. Holy. And she's so masterful at everything she does. So, yeah, Alicia sent you guys a bunch of people. I know that much. So here I am, she too. So, yeah. Well, she did. But you know what, though? It's amazing that she did connect us with you. Because the moment that she did that, we were just thinking... What can this individual not do? And then secondly, you know, your story and everything, it seems like you've had quite a life and a journey that you've been through. And it's just incredible to think about how we all end up to today and how we came from where we are, right? And on the show, yeah. that's what we love to understand is this, where do people come from and beyond what they do for a living? Uh, agreed. Agreed with that for sure. I've definitely had a, a wild journey. I'm sure you guys heard <laughs> a little bit about me, but uh, yeah, guys, uh, for you guys who are out there, first of all, it's great to see you guys. Everybody's on this and seeing this and all this good stuff, right, guys? So uh, I'm Sean Antonio. So here's what I do. What I am is I'm a game changer. I actually change people's lives. That's what I am. They call me a life coach. Uh, that's what the, the moniker is, is life coach. But I get so deep in people's lives that we, we just shift everything. So I do that full time. Uh, I coach people all over the world in uh, about three different, four different languages because I speak. I'm Spanish and Dutch. I'm from Panama and also part Dutch from Netherlands and Aruba and things like that. But I was born in Brooklyn, New York. So I was born in New York. Uh, dual citizenship like that, but group speaking a bunch of languages. So life coaching, uh, motivational speaking, and a lot of podcasts and interviews, things like that. I've done a, a ton of motivational speaking. I speak on so many different topics. So much fun to shift the world with that. And then I have a couple books on Amazon. Uh, one called Beat the Beast You Are. It's about unleashing your true beast in your life and living in your beast all the time. Like living with complete enthusiasm and self-expression and living your purpose, right? So that book came out four years ago. Wow, yeah, 2017. I released that July 20th. And, uh, and in my second book, my follow-up book, was uh, is Having Amazing Relationships. It's about all of your relationships being delicious and juicy. Plug to you guys. <laughs> being super juicy. So um, that one got me a, a reader's favorite, five stars out of nowhere. One day I got an email saying, hey, you win five stars. I'm like, wow, I did for that book. That's awesome. So uh, those two books are $8 on Amazon. You can just put my name in the search bar and put Sean Antonio, S-H-A-W-N, and, uh, and you'll find me. So that's what I do because I was born to do all that stuff, you know? So here we are. <laughs> okay. So number one, you yeah. just woke us up. So thank you because here. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Hero's not a morning person. I've said this on this show quite a few times. We, we like to kind of poke each other a jab and he's just not. So before, before he came on, because he's actually moving to Toronto, which is three hours ahead. I love Toronto. Yeah, I've been there too. Awesome. Amazing. <laughs> the T.O. Dot, dot. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Long story short, he's like, oh my God, I'm so glad that we're not doing these, mor these mornings anymore. It'll be morning for you, but it'll be later for, for, for him. And so and having you on, thank you for that, for this, this wonderful wake up. Number two. Yeah. Okay. Yay. Obviously, obviously you're out there inspiring tons of people and helping tons of people. I'm just going to get down to like the juice already. Yeah. Go for it. How, how who inspired you? How, how the heck? Oh, man. Uh, that's a long list. Um, <laughs> who inspired me? Well, first of all, guys, um, I've, I've been through a lot. You guys may or may not know some of the stuff in my bio, but I've gotten, uh, I've died a couple times in my lifetime. I got hit by a car when I was, mm -hmm. well, let me rewind. When I was four years old, I had my first asthma attack. I have asthma. I'm asthmatic. So I had my first asthma attack, and I went to the hospital and died. Like, I came back to life. Like, my heart stopped. Everything freaked out. I was four years old, and I had an asthma attack. 
So that was one wake up call. But at four, you don't wake up with like, okay, this is my purpose. This is my life, right? You just wake yeah. up going, wow, I survived that moment. And then at, um, at 22 years old, I got hit by a car and died. <laughs> so another death moment. Came back, all my internal organs were lacerated. I couldn't hold liquid downs. I actually couldn't talk for a couple of days. My vocal cords shut. I was actually dating a girl from Three Rivers, Canada, from uh, Montreal. I was oh dating God. her. And uh, and yeah, she got really mad because I didn't call her after the hospital because I was in the hospital. <laughs> but but uh, yeah, so when I woke up with that kind of purpose, that specifically when I was 22, I'm now 47. I just said 47 this year. And at 22, I just woke up with this new purpose, like this new, like Sean, do it all now kind of situation. Like Carpe Diem is one of my, I have 50 something tattoos, 52 tattoos. And uh, some of them on my wrist say Carpe Diem. So Diem's upside down here and Carpe's here, right? So my Carpe Diem reminded me to like be in every moment, live every moment. But I mean, so many people have inspired me. My mom and dad, first of all, are just, you know, just trendsetters. My mom and dad both came in from immigrants from Panama, my dad and my mom from Aruba in 1968, New York. Like, imagine that. They moved here. My mom's one of 12 kids. She's the youngest of 12 kids. Uh, my dad is the second in his uh, pack of four. And they both came here and just, like, kind of established themselves, you know. And they spoke English, obviously. Well, not obviously, they did. And uh, they just came here and just started a life. So, for me, growing up around people who just do shit, I've always been a doer. So, no's not really an option for me. So, mom and dad definitely always were like, yes, people, and get it done, do shit. So, that definitely is part of it. Uh, a lot of my motivators, and, and I was in nightlife for a long time, uh, a guy named Suck Sung, may he rest in love. Uh, Suck, a Korean dear friend of mine, he started me in the nightlife industry back when I first moved to Los Angeles, back in 1999. He came out of nowhere and said, hey, Sean, why don't you come work in nightlife? And I said, what does that look like? He goes, promoting nightclubs. I said, what does that mean? He goes, bringing cool people to a nightclub. I said, okay. So <laughs> he, uh, he inspired me to just kind of like really step, get out of my own way. I was 24 when I first moved here in Los Angeles. And he said, what do you want to do here? And I said, I don't know. And he goes, well, just start here and we'll figure it out. Three years later, I started my own events company, became one of LA's top uh, event coordinators and promoters. So I did stuff here in, in, uh, in LA. I did stuff in Miami. I did stuff in Vegas. Shout out to Vegas. Love that place. <laughs> I've been to Vegas 262 times as of last week. <laughs> wow. Shout out to Hell's Kitchen. Last week was the Hell's Kitchen season 20 finale on Monday. Uh, <laughs> so um, I don't know. This stuff in Chicago and Dallas, all this stuff. So people have just showed up for me i mean I, I can go on forever about who but people who just believed in me and when you get a village of people who just constantly believe in and say hey sean's gonna be great what do you need sean how can i show up for you it's just um you just go you just go and you just have this like i've always had this inner drive to like get shit done you know and like do stuff and believe in like anything's possible like that that bullshit cliche of anything's possible it's actually true it's actually true like anything we can, we want to do, we can do it. So that's just been my mindset for a very long time. Unbelievable. So it, it sounds to me and it looks to me like mm-hmm. there's something so innate inside of you that mm-hmm. has always been Sean. Yeah. Now, how, mm-hmm. do, how do you tell? Because for example, so I feel like some, I've been a lot of the opposite. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> not, not as uh, as much of a positive person. And yeah. we've we've talked a lot on this podcast about mental health and we're, mm-hmm. we're big on on kind of opening that whole can of worms and making making the stigma go away and I'm happy to say that I think a lot of the stigma surrounding mental health has been fading over time which is great Uh, but you know we just we talk a lot about like anxiety and and those 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 stuck moments where you're Mm -hmm. always just thinking well it's it's no 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 but you're like on the opposite of yes 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 so how what do you tell people that don't have that because it sounds like it's just come so naturally to you 
Well, thank you for saying that. First of all, big shout out to mental health for sure, because that's something I talk on, I speak on a lot with a lot of my clients and a lot of my uh, uh, podcast interviews I do. So yeah. mental health is such a big deal. I'm so happy it's coming to the forefront and people are dealing with it. Yeah. We innately all have something inside of us. This week, one of my social media posts I'm putting up is use your superpowers, right? We all have a superpower or superpowers, right? Like you said, thanks for wake up call. Some of my dear friends call my voicemail in the morning and they call me their morning cup of coffee because my voicemail is like, hey, you just shine eyes. And that's just who I am, right? <laughs> and so my, my aunt, my aunt shit her pants on me. She called my voicemail. She's like, oh my God, I'm so scared. <laughs> She's got scared. But we, to answer your question directly, we all have a certain thing inside of us that we can use, right? So whether you're dealing with depression or anxiety or any kind of, you know, breakdowns mentally, uh, you have to dig deep. And it's, it's always right there. It's right behind fear. So on the other side of fear is your truth, right? On the other side of failure and uh, the conversations you have in your head about yourself, negative self-talk, things like that. When you actually stop and really dig and figure out why the fuck you exist and why you're here, it just becomes organic and natural. So, you know, that's the work we have to do. Unfortunately, life is work. It really just truly is. However you want to look at it, bad, good, ugly, everyone. life is work. But the, at the other side of that work is you get to live your dreams. You get to live what you truly are, be, what you're meant to be here for. So you just got to do some digging, some soul searching. And I, I don't know how it's been for you guys during this pandemic, but a lot of people have been coaching over the past year and a half since LA shut down March 15th of last year. A lot of my people um, all over the world, specifically are, are digging for their purpose. They're like, what am I doing on this planet? Why am I here? Did I really enjoy that job I was going to before a pandemic? Did I really enjoy my partner? You know, was I really in a relationship that worked or didn't work? How's my relationship to myself? Am I eating well, sleeping well, taking care of myself, working out, you know, doing the things that really make me happy. And, and a lot of reinventions happened the past year and a half. Most of my people, shout out to all my people worldwide, you guys fucking rock. They've helped me shift and see other things about myself as well. But man, it's so beautiful to watch people really deal with the why of existence, you know, and that's a deep rabbit hole too, you know, but Absolutely. yeah, it's, it's, it's within us. It's right here. We just got to listen to our hearts, <laughs> right. And get out of our heads about what's happened to us. Yeah. And one of my favorite quotes I heard, it's an anonymous quote and it says, you are not what happened to you. So that goes for, think about that, that statement, like you are not what happened to you. So me having that asthma attack, me getting hit by a car, me being falsely accused of murder and thrown in jail back in 2017, that happened. Yeah, that's a whole other thing. That's a whole other rabbit hole. <laughs> so, but look at me smiling, right? Because I'm not what happened to me. I'm not. But we love to live in that victimhood. And one of my other favorite quotes, now <laughs> stop talking, is, nope. uh, you know, this, this one quote I love, again, another anonymous one, it says, was it a bad five? Was it a bad day, or was it a bad five minutes that you milked all day? Mm -hmm. I'll say that again. Was it a bad day, or was it a bad five minutes that you milked all day? So we have these things that happen at us, and we we carry it, and yep. we act like it defines us, but it doesn't. And I'm here to tell you guys, everybody watching this, listening to this, from hearing it, we're not we're not victims. Victimhood keeps us small. Absolutely. You know, it keeps us uh, uh, prisonered and, and shackled to our past, and it's. It's a waste of time and energy. I spend zero time in victimhood. Every once in a while, I become human. And I go, <laughs> I go, wow, that sucked. And I'll be pissy for like three minutes, four minutes. Like, I'm usually like this. Well, like a percentage of me gets a little edgy sometimes. I'm like, oh, man, <laughs> you know? But I don't sit in it for long. You know, like, what's the point of sitting in that misery? That's just the way I, my mind, I've trained my mind to be that way. <laughs> that's the, that's the, like, you hit the nail on the head about training. And I think that a lot of people, 
still feel like there's a quick fix to everything. There's still, I think we get fed that a lot through, through social media, through commercials, through like me, through all those kinds of things. Right. So it's, you know, I think it, 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 I don't hate using that word should, but it <clears throat> shouldn't deter you from, from growing, just thinking it, cause it is kind of like scary to think, Oh my God, there's not a quick fix to this. Like, I'm going to have to work. What? You know, like that's, mm. It's a lot. Um, yeah. Something else you said about just, uh, um, you know, being in, in victimhood. I mean, so here and I've talked about this on the show numerous times too. We both are grandchildren of Holocaust survivors. So, oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Wow. So with that being said, like we, we talk a lot about the intergenerational trauma or things that, that live mm -hmm. like in our DNA from not yeah. even our own trauma, but like, you know. It's passed on, yeah. I mean, by the way, shout out to your grandparents for real, like the survivors, man. That's amazing. That that whole story is like, whoa. oh, so yeah, it's crazy. So, so with that being said, it's almost like, uh, in, in in a roundabout way, we we're almost born into victimhood. <laughs> That's yeah, yeah, totally, totally. I, I completely understand that. I don't understand being you two, but yeah. I understand what you're saying about that. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So. You truly feel like my dad was i mean he grew up with uh like his parents were holocaust survivors he grew in that environment and so like mm -hmm. having those kind of things passed down and even even if they don't vocalize it it's like it's just what you're it's in you yeah. yeah so it's that's that shit's hard to shake you know it, it is it is hard to shake i've been i've been saying this for the past six months with a lot of my people lately it's like we gotta press like if we were getting an email we gotta press unsubscribe we got to unsubscribe to that thing that we've been carrying. Like I just found out Alicia did some deep diving. Shout out again to Alicia Anthony, the best woman on the planet. <laughs> in my opinion. Uh, she did some ancestry.com digging on my side and my mom's side. Right. And she found out that we descend on my mom's side from Dutch slaves. And one of my great, great, great grandmothers, her name, I don't know who named her. I'm assuming her slave owner named her Selly monkey. S E E L Y monkey. Her last name's monkey. So I don't know if that's like, I don't know where that came from. We still haven't dug more to find out what's up. But wow. so when I found that out that like on my mom's side, we have, you know, Dutch descendants that were stolen from, you know, the Netherlands and put in the islands of St. Martin, Aruba, Bonaire, and Curacao, those are the Dutch islands. Uh, I could choose to subscribe to that. I'm, you know, a victim of slavery. Or I, or I could just say that was their journey. You know, like, mm -hmm. you know, your, grand, your grandparents getting through Auschwitz and all that. Wow, I mean, I'm obsessed with that era of what happened. I'm mean, because it just it boggles my mind what Hitler did. It just boggles my mind. And a lot of those, there's a show called How to Be a Tyrant right now that's on Netflix, and uh, it goes through different tyrants. It starts off with Hitler, guys. I totally recommend you watch that. The mindset it might be a little painful depending on your sensitivities, but they yeah. talk about different uh, tyrants and how they rose to power, and it's really fascinating because it's like what. So for me, the answer to that would be unsubscribe to the story that your parents had or your grandparents had because it's not your journey. Yeah. And I told that to my mom many years ago. One day she, I was coming home from an event and she asked me like some silly questions about did I walk home in where there was light? <laughs> and I'm like, mom, I'm, I'm like in my 20s. Or, you know, of course, I'm like, I walked home from an event and I was, you know, <laughs> I was walking home in my neighborhood. <laughs> it's well lit. And I said, mom, you know what? Thank you for loving me the way you do. I hear you. Yeah. But the things that happened to you will never happen to me. They won't. It's not my journey. And I don't know where that wisdom came from at like 27. I said that. But I remember I said, you know, we, we have to unsubscribe to stories of our past. Honor our past. 
honor it. Yes, 100%. Everyone out there, honor your past, honor your descendants, honor where you came from, know your bloodlines, learn all that stuff about yourself. But don't use that as your battle axe to just exist. Yeah. We're all born to do something miraculous. What the fuck are we doing? You know, like that's our purpose is to be a miracle, right? So all that other stuff, I'm, I'm not interested in it. I'm interested in like, who can you be in this lifetime? What mark can you leave on this planet? What's your carbon footprint? What difference do you make? We have a sign in my house that says, get up off your ass and make a difference. <laughs> That's a sign that sits in our living room. It says, get up off your ass and make a difference. Like, do that for yourself and others and then see what happens. See how your life turns out. Yeah. Like, do that. Swing the bat all the way. <laughs> I call this a month with my, a lot of my people, uh, Grand Slam September. I'm asking all my people to, like, get your bat and knock life out the park. Like, just do that. And, yeah, sometimes you're going to miss. <laughs> and sometimes you're going to bunt, you know, balls and obviously a baseball analogy. But why not be as powerful as you can be and, un, you know, unsubscribe to the, the pain, the trauma. And, 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 guys, for mental health people, anybody who's wrestling with depression and stuff, yeah. get medicated. Get the proper meds. Get yourself seen by a health professional i tell people that all the time like if you have mental breakdowns go get medicated properly you know get diagnosed figure out what your situation is and then manage that such that you can be your best 100 percent. like what did you 100 percent look like i don't know i mean that's it this is how i wake up every day i wake up like this it's my alicia calls me positive she's like yeah, no, no, no she calls me positively she says you're annoyingly positive <laughs> She goes, the one thing I, I love you, I love you, husband, you're awesome, but the one thing about you is that you're annoyingly positive. And I'm like, oh, cool, that's a good complaint. <laughs> so, love your laugh so much. Thank <laughs> you. I just, I love it. Um, sorry, here I'm like, I'm like kind of capital or cannibalizing on the conversation here and to ask all the questions. What do you, no, it's fine. It's fine. You'll notice, Sean, that there, if you go back to our archive, there are some episodes where Rachel will be more predominant in asking and, and vice versa and listening. And that's what's great about having two people sharing a uh, different kind of hosts and guests and stuff because you get to have that balance. If me and Rachel are both like this, then there wouldn't be any space yet. So, yeah. No, that. but what's great, what's great though about Rachel asking these questions is that I feel we have a pretty under a solid understanding at least about who you are and where you've come from and things in that respect. And there has been a lot of aspects of your life coaching and uh, a little bit about how you got into nightlife and entertainment. But what I'm wondering though, even if you are who you are now and not holding on to your past, I, I am curious about in addition to those couple moments that really stood out to you and kind of made you wake, wake up and become more aware of surroundings and what your purpose is. Um, what do you find have been some other experiences of other individuals in your life where you have seen humanity in your face and then helping mm. those individuals through real situations like what are some key things you oh, wow. away that's... from other other people's situations oh yeah that's a beautiful question thank you for asking that hero and yes i agree with your balance guys you guys have a beautiful balance it's totally you give each other space to breathe and air so rad um i'll, I'll specifically speak to this guys and uh, like i said i mentioned earlier being falsely accused of murder um, I fought for 14 months to clear my name and unfortunately had to take a plea deal. The system in America is broken. So, you know, black men in America had to take <clears throat> a plea deal. So I spent 113 days in jail, a uh, total of 118 because I had um, almost four months. So I had five days of them trying to figure out what to do with me and then 14 months of fighting it and then had to take my plea deal. So I have a tattoo on my arm. This is 113. That's the oh. amount of days I spent. Yeah. So I, so I have my own like survivor tattoo, right? And um, mm. so when I was in jail, you know, being falsely accused is weird because you know you didn't do it, but you're in there. 
And I was unfortunately one of the top five worst jails in America. This was uh, 2018, just to put dates on, on the board. It was, May, it was March 1st, 2018 to July to, to June 22nd, 2018. And when I first got in there, not being a criminal, not being a gang member, not having done things that are you know illegal per se, uh, yeah. the first day I looked around and I said, wow, this is what it looks like in here. And I had to pick sides because here in California, uh, it's very segregated, the jail system, the prison system. So being a black Hispanic in a black and Hispanic run jail system, I had to choose sides because immediately when you go into dorms, they call them dorms, you have to choose a side, choose who you're running with. They call it running with. And so I had to pick and choose my battles based on the energy of the room without even knowing anybody. I had to walk in and go, okay, I'm going to run with the blacks or I'm running with the, the Sudeños. So I'm running with, you know, I had to like figure it out. Um, the people I met in there, <laughs> and forgive me if I cried, it was just it was beautiful yeah. experience in there. Um, yeah. Wow. These people had just, they had, and, and, you know, they had no guides growing up. Their family were addicted to drugs or alcoholics or not available, whatever it was. So a lot of these kids, men, I'll say, you know, from ages, I was in there with people who were 18 to 57, 58, and they have been in and out of jail most of their lives. And it was heartbreaking to see these guys just never have love in their life. So I sat down day number five, I was in there and figured out what my lane was going to be because you got to figure out your lane, right? Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I created, a, I asked these two kids, I was like, hey, what do you guys see? What do you know about love? I don't know where that came from to ask these two kids because you don't really socialize in jail. You kind of stay away from people. You just do your own thing. Yeah. And they didn't know what love meant. And I went, wow, okay. So I didn't announce myself that I'm a life coach or any of that shit. I just went into my bunk and I wrote out a love seminar and I created it. So day number six, I did this love seminar with these two kids. And uh, at that point in time, I was running with the blacks and it was 19 of us on the black side. And I started this seminar, which was intended to be a one hour thing. Ended up being three hours and all the blacks came over. So at the end of it, it was everybody together in unity. And the things I got to learn is that people want to love. They're just afraid. They're afraid to be loved. And it was, it was beautiful to like, the one question I left them all with at the end of that three and a half hours to sit down, I said, hey, what's the first thing you're going to do when you get out of here? And, and guys, Rachel, Hero, the faces that these kids had, they were just like, Sean, I'm going to go home and hug my mom. I'm going to go home and call my sister. Like, the things they said were so beautiful, man. So, like, for me, it was just so, um, here I am, you know, a victim of the system and sitting there with guys who actually, some of these guys did commit these things. So, they, yeah. they knew they were going to be in there for life or 30 years or whatever it looked like. And I'm like, wow. Like, one guy was 24 and he had double life in front of him wow. with no parole in sight. And I'm like, I sat there with this guy and I, and I cried with him. And you're not, you're not supposed to cry in there. But uh, yeah, they taught me as much as I taught them. And it was really beautiful. And I really got that. that I was in jail, right? Falsely accused of murder for that reason, to impact all the men I got to be with throughout that time. And I did. I had meditation circles at one point. They had prayer circles in there. I had workout. At one point, I was working out almost the entire dorm. All the lines were crossed. Like we were just doing our thing. And, and that's the difference of one. My friend Mario Calderon says all the time, it's the difference of one. One person can shift anything. So when I was in there, instead of being an angry dude, being, oh, you know, woe is me, victimhood, I said, fuck it. This is my home for now. Let's just make it that. And that was, it was challenging. I'm not going to say it was easy, everybody. I'm not like this superhero, but I definitely got clear that I was going to be in there for a while. So I just made it the best experience I could. And I definitely had my days of anger and depression, for sure, 100%. Yep. And the anger was ugly. It was like, I want to just punch everybody. <laughs> you know? But um. 
I, I know that's a deep answer you know, to your question, but yeah, man, uh, people, people, we all need each other and we all have to learn to love each other. Today's international uh, peace, international day of peace. I think it is a yeah, peace and love is like the, the mantra. I did a meditation this morning and talked about that. We just got to get better about loving each other. We do. We just got to love each other. I know that went somewhere else, but I just had to say that. I just, we're fucking up, man. We are. We're not loving each other for who we truly are and accepting each other for who we are. And we're not being our true selves. Go be your true self. Fuck it. Why not? <laughs> well, Sean, I mean, again, that's what we look for on our podcast is transparency, um, humility, resilience, and mm. just complete candidness, right? And so there's no right, no wrong answer. It's, it's your answer. And yeah. so the fact that you can speak on a on a on a spectrum that is so diverse, um, I'm I'm the same way for sure uh, in terms of how I speak and not really caring. If you're going to ask someone a question, expect an answer and expect the full answer, not just some small talk that's superficial and kind of leaves you wondering. I don't think that was really the answer that. I was hoping for, you know, so that I, we appreciate the fact that you're filling that space and giving and amplifying the voice of people such as yourself that can give those that choose to listen, even to part of this conversation, there's so much wisdom and knowledge that even I've extracted from your words and your experiences and even just reminders that I already know myself, but particularly what I might be going through in my life right now and having some that is more I would say more wise, but has more life experience that has more background and whatever they've come from. Uh, and then, you know, imparting that wisdom into my heart and my soul and realizing the things that are preparing me for what I need to feel and go through it to kind of get a perspective. That's what a podcast is about, in my opinion, is sharing perspectives and <laughs> gaining insight and wisdom to apply that to your life. You know, we're all reflections of each other and we all learn from each other. So regardless if you're talking to two you know, white cisgender Jewish folks from Canada or <laughs> someone yeah. as your background, it doesn't matter. There's always yeah. somewhere to connect, no matter how different or how similar we are. There's always somewhere to connect. And that's something okay. that I continue to Absolutely. understand as I get older. So yeah, yeah. Rachel, do you have you know, Thank you for that? saying that. Thank you. That really touched your place in my heart. Thank you for saying that, man. Like really breaking that down. I just got a little emotional. Man. I'm still crying because <laughs> I went Cry visiting right. that place. But uh yeah, thank you for saying that because that's that's the truth about life, right? We can all connect on any level. So I I don't live on the surface. I I don't I don't have time for that. <laughs> I don't do, do surface or superficial. <laughs> Not I. I mean, even when I was, you know, eight or nine and seven elementary school and based on the fact that most of my upbringing was with adults and, you know, a lot of it was with my mom, just based on my own separation anxieties and stuff and codependency issues. Um, you know, I'd go to school to my classmates and say, how's your mom doing? How's your family doing? And they'll say, I, I don't know. Like I, just to, like, I just want to play on the monkey bars. And it's like, well, that's boring. Like, you know, I'd, be, I'd connect with my teachers. I'd connect with my counselors. I'd connect with my uh, group leaders. If I was like in a summer camp, like I would want to, I would always identify with the people leading the camp, not anyone that's in the camp with me. Cause no one, no one wanted to listen or care. They just didn't see the same wavelength. Right. So it just, that's the thing. We all have different walks of life. And as I agree with you, I think, Partially, what you're saying is that we are not the we are not what we are not what has happened to us. Um, and I say something similar to myself: like we're not our current thought, we're not our current emotion, mm. we're not our current judgment, we're not our current this. You know, yes, use what has happened to us as a sign of strength and resilience. But at the same time, I do notice myself 
being a highly sensitive individual and dealing with chronic anxiety, primarily anticipatory anxiety, social anxiety, separation anxiety, and uh, transitional anxiety. There's Mm -hmm. all these different things that come up. And uh, it's always interesting how you know better. I mean, like me and Rachel are yoga teachers. So we understand the, on paper, the ethics, the philosophies, like being non-harming, being non-grasping, like all these things that we might practice in parts of our life. But when we come down to ourself, I'm such a hard individual on myself, especially right now in my life. And I'm my own worst critic, which we all are. But yet the root of yoga is ahimsa, which is non-violence and non-harming to ourself, but also to the universe and the people in our life. So I think it's an interesting contrast how we are so hard, we're so giving and loving and do our best for other people. But for ourselves, even if we do, we are always the quickest to judge ourselves. <clears throat> we're so harsh on ourselves. You're so right about that. By the way, you're H- you're H- you said you're HSP. You're a highly sensitive person. Okay, got it. I know, I know a lot about that. Alicia opened that door some time back and we learned that. So uh, I hear everything you're dealing with. And I do coach a lot of people that deal with a lot of the ailments that are your, I call them your specific gifts. Yeah. They're your gifts, right? Mm-hmm. They might not look yeah. like that. But yeah, I, everything you're saying resonates so deeply in my heart. So yes, um, more tears. <laughs> I totally get that. I guess I'm getting super sensitive today too. <laughs> it's all good. We feel, we feel. Rachel, I know you're gonna. You have something to say, so I want you to. I want you to. I want you to hop in. I was just teasing because you said, uh, you, you know, calling those kind of sensitivities your gifts. I was just like, can you tell my husband that? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's yeah. that's a big part of why Alicia and I work so well after nine years and three months of marriage is that we're we're constantly learning each other, you know, yeah. and and learning new things about each other and learning other perspectives and how we operate. We just had a beautiful conversation last Wednesday about our relationship after nine years and where we are and what we, what we are t- today. And you know, what our agreements are with each other, like agreements, not rules, but agreements that we make as a couple as business partners, all the things we do as parents, you know, being a United front, like the things that we do, shout out to our daughter, Viva Antonio. Viva just turned six last month and she's a beast. Um, <laughs> she's such a cool chick, but yeah, a lot of what you're saying, Hero, and, and Rachel, what you said earlier too about, who we are as humans, it, it really is, we we can choose in every moment who we can be. And my dad, in my opinion, said it best, rest in peace, my dad passed away of COVID last December 22nd. Yeah, so he, he did COVID, then he, got, he had an ischemic stroke and he passed in 10 days. The healthiest human I ever met. The guy worked out seven days a week. He never drank or did drugs. He, he was a, hit a six pack when he died. Like he had 73 years old, was shredded. But uh, it was his time. His contract was up, right? So that's what I had to get to is like my dad's contract ended December 22nd. Point of that is that we have this ability to do anything we want to do, but we have to choose it constantly. We have to constantly, uh, and I won't say fight for what's ours because what's organically ours is ours. And my dad said this quote to get back to the quote. He said, life is a series of moments and every moment we get to choose who we be. And how that really, like when he first said that to me, I was like, wow. So every second of every day of every moment that we're breathing awake and not asleep, we get to choose what we say, how we be and what we do. And that's a part of what survived me when I was in jail, those 118 days. It was, it was me choosing it in every moment. Who am I going to be in this moment? How can I support that kid? How can I, you know, help that kid whose grandmother does crack and his mom does crack and he hit his girlfriend because he doesn't know anything else but says that. And he's non-affiliate gang, not gang member and he just he's he's 22 years old he does you know he's getting picked on by the gang members who could i be for that kid in that moment so anytime moments like that will come up i'd go okay how, what wisdom what what great beardness can i add to this like big beard back then too what wisdom can i impart in this moment 
to help that situation out. And I diffused a lot of bombs in there. A lot of moments of people about to like beat each other down and do things. I was like, Hey guys, can we find a different way to work this out? Like just a different way. Like I get you're in the world out there as gang members, you're in different gangs and you have different beliefs, but as humans, how can we connect? And that's how my meditation circle started. Cause I was like, I'd be meditating on the outside yard when we had yard. It was a thing. And, uh, and people walk by and be like, hey, what's, what's that guy doing? I mean, oh, oh, man, I think he's meditating. Yeah. And they're like, yeah, what? Because what, what? They, they have nicknames for you in there. So they call me Panama. They call me Panama. They're like, yo, Panama, what are you doing, man? I'm like, meditating. Don't, don't fuck my vibe, bro. Like, don't. And they're like, uh, can, can you teach me that? So, like, it started becoming this thing to where every morning I had a group of people and we all be meditating. These guys had wow. no <laughs> So it was so cool to see, like, you know, I mean, Fully tatted up from the head, top of the head to the toes, fully tatted oh gang members who've been in gangs their whole life, wow. sitting there, hands raised to universe, meditating with me. Can you, I'm like, <laughs> you know, you, what I'm just thinking this whole time is, can you imagine if instead when a lot of these people were born and when they were raised, instead of teaching them how to be how to segregate themselves, how to be, how to <clears throat> separate themselves and talk about their differences that we were just taught that we're all human like could you imagine yes yes i want that that's the world i want <laughs> I mean, by the way this, mm. your angels are visiting you right now hero i can see the sunlight just kind of cascading <laughs> it's awesome it's awesome your angels yeah. are sitting on your shoulder right here it's it, great. that that's never happened so it's just like i was saying they were there just sort of the glare but that's, it's yeah no it's Perfect. I love it. I think it's a, it's a total, your angels are risen right now. So thanks for, thanks for bringing that to the table, brother. Um, but I love what you said, Rachel. Can we create that world, everybody? Everyone listening, can we create that world where you get taught that we're all human, you know? And like, and that's great. You said that, Rachel, because uh, Alicia showed me a video um, ah, early, I think summer last year. And uh, a white father was showing his white five-year-old a video of two kids playing, a mixture, a black kid and a white kid. And the father kept asking him, what do you see? What do you see? He's like, two kids playing, two kids playing soccer, two kids. And, it, and he went through a series of videos and the kid didn't see a black kid and a white kid. The kid saw two kids. I'm and it, it, I mean, all of the tears. I was like, oh, like if we could just have that filter of life of that, we're just all the same person yeah. and not have all those prejudices of, you know, what, what's different about us, like embracing the differences that we are for each other. And I think that's, that's definitely a part of what survived me when I was away in jail and survived me in my life. And not even survived me, but connected me to my truths and my friendships and my mm -hmm. people. Because like even meeting you two right now, it's like, I'm already digging you guys as humans. Like you guys are badass. Like, <laughs> fuck yeah, I want to be your, not only on your show, but your friends in real life. Like you guys. How's yeah, man? How's yeah, yeah, man? I would give you a big that. hug right now if I could. Fuck yeah, virtual hug for sure. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I could go on about that forever, man. I just, I, I'm such an advocate for people just loving each other where they're at. Yeah. Where they're at and picking you up off the floor when you fall down. Like if you fall down, call me. Call like, you know, you fall down, like. I'm yeah. here to cry with you, to be with you, to share with you, to create with you, to let you vent. You know, we all need people. And that's what I want. I want that world all inclusive. There's no borders, you know. You hit the nail on the head. And I know Rachel is sharing the same uh, sentiment as I am. I mean, I think in terms of everything that 
everyone's going through right now in their own respective lanes and me and Rachel, it's interesting since we've ever met, I think seven years now, six, seven years, we've always been on the same wavelength, whether because we're both Aquarius or not, I don't know, <laughs> like one day apart with our birthday, even though there's uh, a handful of years. Um, <laughs> but the point, the point is, I mean, I honestly feel older than Rachel a lot of the time um, based on our conversations. But my point is, is that that's supposed to mean, but okay, sure. <laughs> My point being is, my point being is that you know, whatever as you're saying, whatever wherever people are at in the moment and just being there for them, I find that without because it sounds like a, a like a like a victimization in some ways. Maybe it is, and that's okay if it is. But you know, being someone that's queer, uh, Jewish, um, and also we talk very openly, candid on the show, like we both live with our different anxieties because there are some overlaps to different, but also look, I live with, it, with uh, non-verbal learning disorders and, mm. you know, and a lot of people, it's interesting, like NVLD is not in the DSM yet. It's actually not recognized. Mm. People mm. of course understand the autism spectrum, which is fantastic. I mean, there's so much awareness for that and cancer and stuff, but it's interesting when you say I have this and not as a, like as a bandaid, but saying like, I actually live with this in my brain and yeah, yeah. It, it's and who you are. It's, yeah. inv it's invisible and it comes out every day because it's literally I look at the checklist of what people with people like me that live with that and I'm like yeah that that that's me you know and yeah. I think only in the last couple of years I would say I've really dove into the awareness of what that is and now that people are talking about it more like there's an organization a nonprofit in New York for example called the NVLD organization and they're actually doing work to bring awareness to people that are not autistic or not living with anything on that spectrum but people that are neurodivergent and people yeah. that are living with the dyslexia, dyspraxia, and there's about six or seven other ones that are most common, including NLD or NVLD. So I find that I've always been walking through society in the world with a very different perspective. And that's only one part of it, but it's a huge part of it because the way our bodies interact and the way our brains interact differently from society or even non-verbally with people or how we learn to speak even and how we express ourselves certain use of words might not be the way that others understand how those words are interpreted, but to us, it makes sense to someone else. It makes zero sense at all. You mm -hmm. know? So sometimes I kind of feel like I'm walking through the world and my purpose is to be a messenger and to kind of an alien from outer space from the yeah. future to let people know different things. And yet there's so much that I have no idea about that everyone around me does because it's this common sense and I have no fucking clue. Yeah. So, <laughs> so taking that, I'm curious in terms of your own life experiences with your own individual um, differentiations and qualities. What has that been like for yourself in terms of showing up as you are? And of course, not being a victim, but you have what you have. Like, how do you use those things to help empower yourself and other people? And including being a father, being a husband being a motivational speaker and being a leader for your community. I mean, I know I asked like several questions in one question. Clearly, yeah, no, I can, I can tag, I can tag all of it. <laughs> yeah. All of it. No, thank you for that. First of all, here, um, yeah. Um, um, thank you for acknowledging the, the spectrum of people out there. Like I I'm surrounded by neurodivergent people. I have like my, some of my closest people in my life, Alicia, uh, Viva, like my, some of my best friends, they're all neurodivergent. So I, I oh. that's a new world that I've been learning over the past year or so. So it's been really like awesome for me to get that other side of psychology oh. going. Um, so that's, that's something you guys probably don't know, but that's, there's all that ADHD and there's a bunch of stuff happening in my world. And I'm like, Oh shit, that's learning. That is great. What I, what I do as, as I've been on the show with you guys, as you can tell, I'm super transparent. Nothing, nothing's off the table with me. I, I just don't care. So 
um, I use my my stories of what has happened to me, not being the victim, but to share inspiration that if I can get through that, yep. you can get through anything. Yes. Ownership is super, like what you said, being Jewish and queer and having all the things you're, you're dealing with, your anxieties, all that stuff. It's amazing. Those are your gifts. Those are awesome. I know, I know for you, it might not be awesome every day, right? Like every day is not like, oh, I wake up and I'm me again, right? But how <laughs> cool is it that you woke up and you are you today? Yeah. So for me, for you, for everybody listening to this, this moment is we got to start to own the things that we are and deal with the things that we are and manage it and figure out outlets and, and ways to manage how you show up in the world. So for me, I've used my situations and I'm, I'm love getting older. Like I'm 47 now. And I remember when I was a kid, I was like, oh, 40 is old. When I turned 40, I was like, ah, oh, cool. I'm 40. <laughs> now I'm 47. Or as Alicia calls it, almost 50. I'm like, fuck you, Alicia. <laughs> <laughs> Get it, babe. I love you. That's hilarious. I'm not almost 50. I'm fucking 47. <laughs> I, get, I get, all, get all up in her face. I'm like, ah, I'm 47. But um, it's about, you know, the wisdom that I gained over the years about, you know, just being an open book with people and just allowing people to, to show up and showing up for them. Man, it's, it's such an opportunity for us to share what we've been through, how we got there and how to help other people get there. So whatever that is for them, like I, I get the great fortune of being a life coach and being paid very well for it and doing what I do. But my, my goal is seeing people fulfill in their dreams, complete all their things, complete all their traumas, you know, get rid of things that have been self-defeating conversations or self-sabotaging actions. So, you know, I've used a lot of the things that have happened to me. And I also practice, my, the way I coach is, is I use definitely some of the stuff that's happened to me and how I've gotten through it. But I also use a lot of psychology and a lot of things like that. I, used to, I do a lot of mindset training, like you talked about earlier, Rose, uh, Rachel, about how we have to train ourselves in our minds, right, yeah. to be the best we can do with what we have. Like whatever's up here and whatever deficiencies or superpowers you do have, like hone those things in and focus on what, what can be the best version of you. And anything that's not that, which is another, I'm a big quote master, as you can tell, I love quotes. One of them says, um, decide the kind of life that you want, right? And say no to everything that isn't that. Mm -hmm. So decide the kind of life you want. And everything that doesn't align with that, don't let it in your life. And that's, the, that's a big breakdown for humans. We allow all these stupidities and these things that get in the way. And so I, I answer your question, but to, to really wrap that up is <laughs> we all have an opportunity every day to like be the best us, right? And, and sharing your struggles, like sharing my struggles per se with people, it gives people a chance to go... They go, oh shit, you know, my life coach went to jail, falsely accused of murder. Right. And that motherfucker's smiling. How do I get there? One of my clients just told me that recently. He goes, Sean, you know why I picked you as life coach, right? And I'm like, no. He goes, because you went to jail, falsely accused of murder. I went, what? He goes, because when I met you and I heard that about you, I was like, how is he so happy? Yeah. How, what, what juice do I need to drink to get to where he's at? And I'm like, so I sat down with him. We went to this deep two-hour conversation. And he was like, Man, and I'm coaching, still training him, and he's just, he's getting there, you know? And he's a 27-year-old white kid, producer, rapper, living up in NorCal. And you're like, and I'm a 47-year-old life coach in West Hollywood, California. Like, it's just a different thing. But any wisdom as humans that we can give to others, you know, like for you, Hero, or you, Rachel, what you guys have been through, whatever you've been through, good or bad, your job is to share that, to inspire other people to be the best they can do. That's it. Yeah. yeah. Thank, that is... Gosh, I just have so many thoughts. I mean, you, you <laughs> definitely provoked um, some deep thinking today, which in a very mm -hmm. 
positive way, but I just was thinking right now, I'm just, I'm actually really excited for the future generations. I never really, I was always very scared for them just because of what's going on in the world. But just because we're, I think the reason why I'm excited is because we're more than ever, I think we're, we're becoming more open, vulnerable. We have all these platforms to speak because I was just thinking there's a lot of people in my generation and even heroes generation, we're I'll just, we've said this before. We're, we're about 10 years apart. I'll just say that. Okay. How, how can you, you guys say your ages? How old are you guys? Do you I'm, tur I'm turning 30 in February. Oh yeah. Awesome. Yeah. 30. I can't even believe this. I'm 39 in. Nice. So, anyway, but my, my point yeah. is that like growing up and even in my early twenties and like when I was diagnosed with like generalized anxiety disorder and um, health, health anxiety and stuff like that is that I was always told that it was something that I needed to fix. I need mm. fixed. I need like I, you know, I have this diagnosis. Now I need to fix it. And there's something wrong with me. And yeah, it's a big one. Is a big one, you know. And so yeah. what you're saying because then you believe it. You believe yeah. it. Exactly. Yeah. And you know, and I'm and to be quite honest, till to this day I still have the odd person, you know, saying those kinds of things. So it's it's hard. I mean I think that uh, you kind of flipped it on its head saying, you know, a lot of these things we have to see as gifts rather than um, the whatever they are. They're Breakdowns, ailments, uh, uh, crutches, excuses. Well, I mean, there's so many reasons. Yeah. Exactly. So I think that I feel like hopefully with the psychology world and medication and those things that things are starting to flip a bit instead of being like, this is something we need to fix. And it's like something that's yeah. like really wrong with you. Yeah. Let's work with this. This is like yeah. Can we can we replace that word instead of just something to fix? Can, this is something I have to accept. Exactly. Like, like and that, that's the catch. Those two sentences you said about there's something wrong with you and there's something to fix. It's like yeah. we get indoctrinated into that story based on whoever said it to us, and then we grow up believing that there's something wrong with us. So now our story is that, and our sentence that we've sentenced ourselves to is that. Absolutely. That's it. I. Absolutely. No, I was just to say, like, I, I used to actually think back at, and this is also because how they used to teach in schools and stuff. And actually they taught nothing about mental health when I was going to school. Mm. Nothing. Absolutely. Yeah. I don't think they talk about that still. <laughs> okay. okay. So yeah. I, but, um, but I used to think to myself, like I used to say to my mom, like, mom, I wish there was somewhere I could just go. I would imagine going like almost finding this massive gumball machine. I had this, I have a very vivid imagination and instead of gumballs came out brains, new brains. Ooh, wow. Wow. Think and imagine myself, like I wanted to go to the store and buy a new brain because I didn't like mine anymore. And it was damaged. It was, there was something wrong with it. And for a very long time, that's how I thought. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I could see how that would be a thing because at a young age, you got told you're that. Yep. Right. You got told like one of, one of my uh, dear friends I just coached last week. He uh, is a 36-year-old white gay man. He's been out for most of his life. And he told me, we got to, we got a beautiful session. I won't say his name, obviously, but he said his sentence has been, life is tragic. Oh, wow. So his whole life, that sentence has been running his life. Mm -hmm. So when we talked, he was like, and we got to it. And when he said, life is tragic, I'm like, then everything in his life that he's manifesting and magnetizing. I talk about your magnet a lot. It's a teaching tool I, I created about your magnet. Like, so whatever your magnet's tuned into is what you manifest, what you bring towards you, right? So, mm -hmm. of course, him being him, and, and also, also, too, in the world of good-looking people, he's gorgeous. Blue eyes and gorgeous and tall and just all that stuff. And he's single and he's having fun, but 
truth be told, that Life is Tragic story is always running in the background. It's like elevator yeah. music, right? So the yeah. elevator music for you, Rachel, and the elevator music for you, Hero, or the elevator music for me, all that stuff ends up running how we show up. And for me, my, my elevator music used to be, I'm not good enough. Mm. I'm not good enough, so no one will love me, so I'm just going to figure it out. Mm-hmm. And at six years old, that was, I got, I didn't know that at six years old, but my parents divorced is what caused that story at six. It was a tragic divorce. It wasn't anything physical or violent, but it was just like a really like, what happened to my parents? Mm-hmm. They were both young kids when they got married. They were, they know each other, immigrants from different countries and they were together for 11 years. But that sense of I'm not good enough ran me forever until I was 28 years old. And I found it. I put my finger on it. And I was like, oh my God. So my, you're not good enough. Had me overdo and overcompensate my whole life. Mm-hmm. So those sentences that we get sentenced to by whoever or whatever family, medical professional, whoever, we believe it's so that new brain gumball machine. I get it. I get that mm-hmm. analogy. I mm-hmm. really do, especially lately because I've been talking to a lot of people about their brain work and yeah. how to accept the brain and the body and the thing and the skin color and the, you know, yeah. whatever that you are and yeah. making that your thing. Like how cool is it that they created one of you, right? Yeah. They created one of you, Hero. They created one of you, Rachel. Like, how cool you create one of me? Like, yay, thank you, universe, or whatever yeah. fuck did us, right? Yeah. So that's the pool I swim in, you know. So I, yeah. I get the new brain thing, but I you know, I really I, I request from everybody, or I, I should say just my ask everybody listening is like, accept the isness that you are. And if you can accept your own isness and navigate the best version of yourself possible every day. Let's fucking do that. <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. I need to ask, uh, just go back to, to when you were in and, and after the fact, did you uh, follow up? Were you able to follow up with any of those people? Were you, are you- I did, actually. A couple of those guys, you know, because in there you don't make friends. <laughs> you make, you know, your bunkies. But, you know, I, I did, because of who I was being, I, I legit, the last couple of days I was in there, I didn't know them in my last couple of days. But the day I was leaving, uh, 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 these guys, all, I mean, I walked out with like 30 numbers and emails and addresses and stuff. And I reached out to a lot of these guys. And I didn't know who was getting out at what time. But last year I did, uh, Michael Dubois, I can mention his name. He was falsely accused of, well, not falsely, sorry. He was, he had, um, his charge was assault with a deadly weapon because his hands, he's a boxer. So he hit his brother-in-law and his brother-in-law who's gay, called the cops and said, he abused me, blah, blah, blah. This guy is a non-affiliate, non-gang member, never been in trouble, video game nerd, ended up in jail because his brother-in-law punched his pregnant wife. So so his sister and him were talking and and he pushed her. And when she was pregnant, she hit a, a corner of a table. So my friend Michael was protecting his wife. But unfortunately, because he has boxing hands, he broke this guy's jaw. So... Unfortunately, Michael went to jail for eight months. Like the guy had never been to jail. So him and I did a podcast last year, a really cool one last June. And I titled it, what, it's, what I've Learned as a Black Man in America. Now, and I said it that way on purpose. What I've learned as a black man, not being a black man. Like I, I've never seen myself as a, as a colored person. I'm just Sean. I'm a fucking yeah. the Sean Antonio fun dude. Like I'm that guy. So when I learned I was black, America that day, <laughs> January 1st, 2017. I'm like, oh wait, I'm black. Oh shit. That's a thing. <laughs> you know? And we did this we did this podcasting and it was supposed to be an hour long. It ended up being about three hours and change because a lot of white Americans were on the show. Right. And they came on and asked, they're like, so 
you know, what, what is it like? I'm like, I, you know, growing up, I'd walk by white people and they'd grab their purses. I'm like, that's weird. That still happens. And I'm like, <laughs> I don't understand that mindset. You know, so a lot of those guys in there, we, we got deep. I mean, some, like I said, a lot of the times I ended up, you know, crying with these guys and, you know, in a very covered space, you can't really cry out there. But yeah, you, man, super emotional about things because it was just like to watch all these kids suffer because they just didn't know. They didn't have the, the access to education or love or people to support them, their village, right? Their tribe, you yeah. know, the people that you call family or friends that you call family didn't have that. So I just showed them another way of thinking, another way of being. And when I left that place, a lot of the guys were really emotional. It was really beautiful. I, I, I didn't want to stay in obviously, <laughs> but I was really impacted the day I left and it was beautiful. And I, and I asked every single one of those guys that I got to be close with mm -hmm. said, Hey, when you go out, change, do something different, like do something different. Like don't be the thing that got you in here. You know, whatever got you in here, don't like stop that thing. Don't go back to the gangs. Like, don't go back to the drugs and alcohol. Whatever your thing is, like, let's change. Get a job. You know, get, do something. Find your passion. Like, so it was, I know a lot of these guys, some of them came out and changed. And so, yeah, crazy. In the system. So in, in there, I mean, it, it almost sounds to me like you, you were doing something in there that is not currently done. So- no. Nope, there's no mental health rehab. There's no mental health rehab in, in jail, prison. Nothing at all. It's not rehabilitation at all. All you, all they do is fuel your anger. There's, there's no, there's no life coach or, um, or therapist in there where you go and see them once a week. There's nothing. There's none of that. There's church, which is weird, whatever that is. There's books, a lot of books, cool. Yeah. But then there's segregation, so there's no like unity. Oh. Like I wanted to play handball with the Hispanics and, and in that door I was running with the blacks, I couldn't go play with my people. That's yeah. weird. Yeah. Right. I, yeah. I want to go play handball with some guys who play handball. Well, that's all I want to go do. I'm like, Sean, you can't do that. And I'm like, why not? They're like, it's, it's crossing the color lines. I'm like, that's fucking weird. It's called politics in there. They call it politics. <laughs> blows my mind. And maybe this is just be me being very naive, I guess is like, how do people expect to, have people be contributing positive contributing members of society once they get out or just to like, why, why is there not a stop to this segregation? I don't get, I don't, I I'm just being, like I said, naive. I don't get it. I, you know what? And I, having been a person who was in there and experienced that, I don't get it either. What I want to do, which I'm going to start doing this when the world's safe to do again, is speaking at jails and prisons around the world to rehab people's mindset. Cause I was in there. So I can speak from a person's in there yeah. and Giving people a chance to, to, to read. The first five days I was in there, guys, they were playing jail escape movies. Like, I thought it was a joke. They played wow. um, The Rock, the Alcatraz escape thing. They played a Fast and Furious one where the first scene, they're breaking out of jail. Like, oh, wow. The first five days at, at night, at 8 o'clock, they show these jailbreak movies. I'm like, who the f is this? Like, are we being punked? Where's Ashton Kutcher? No, this is funny. Yeah. I was like, are we being punked? Like, yeah. No, they're, they're fueling our anger. I'm like, oh, whoa. It was weird, man. Huh. <laughs> but guys, you know, to, to put that on the shelf where it belongs, right? It's just a book on the shelf. Like, we all have books and chapters in our life. And it's up to us to really share those chapters and not live in the victimization of the chapters. You know, just That's right. share them. And move what? on. And don't suffer over them. That's one of my biggest things. That's why I am actually currently living in my purpose of being a life coach is that we, we got to, I want to end suffering. We got to stop mm -hmm. suffering over stuff that's happened to us and really just 
go, okay, that happened. What can I learn from that? What's the lesson? Like I took thousands of lessons from that four months being thousands. I'm still getting them today. Yes. I've been out since Jan- June 22nd, 2018. Here I am September, you know, September, 2021. <laughs> like, yes. So, so lessons guys, every day there's lessons. Everyone who listens to this, pay attention. Absolutely. Learn your lessons and then apply them to your life. That's the catch. Yep. Learn it, then apply it. Learn well, it then apply well, exactly, though, and that's one thing that I always do with my teaching and yoga to the best of my ability. COVID's been harder because I haven't been able to teach as much or as many people. But yeah, I mean, I use my experiences, uh, some I've mentioned to you, some I haven't, um, and I use that in my social media in the posts I write. I do that as well as a brand ambassador for different uh, companies or products mm-hmm. that I'm passionate about that I and some that I hope to be ambassadors for in the future. And that's why they, they, they ask me, why do you want to be an ambassador for us? Like, what, what do you want? I say, you know what, your product's great, but what I really care about is sharing and amplifying a story that I can help inspire change in other people and be a representative for LGBTQ awareness, mental health awareness, learning disabilities, and okay. everything else of alternative health and wellness that you might not look at me and be thinking that I represent those things, but you know, there's more than meets the eye. So when you're talking about, don't look at me for being this or for being that, but instead look at me for being an advocate for what has happened and how I'm trying to help others that might be going through it as well. Like, I think that's the big takeaway, you know, and that's what I I try to do that every day. And of course, some days I'm more successful, some days I'm less successful or some weeks, but the overarching purpose is to be of service to others and to utilize your experiences to help inspire others to change through coaching, through mentoring, to uh, helping being a bigger a bigger sibling in a sense for other people. Yeah. Yes. You know? Love that. And, and, no. and also too, but not putting people in the box, right? Like mm-hmm. you're not in the box. We put people in the box so we can understand it. So we relate to it, but that's the thing we have to let go of too. Don't put anybody in the box. Get to know yes. who they are. Judge exactly. nobody. Unlearn all the bad habits that you created the separation, divide of people. Like, ah, so yeah. much work. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. So a couple of things we want to do um, before we say farewell for now, I think it'd be cool to continue this conversation in the future, uh, offline and online. But is there anything you want to leave um, in terms of how people can connect with you, how they can reach out to you if they want to further their dialogue with you off the podcast? Um, I want to give you an opportunity to share whatever you want for people to connect with you. Yeah, for sure. Hey guys, so I've been doing this meeting. First of all, guys, what a pleasure being with you guys this morning. It's so great to like start my day uh, with you guys. You guys are fucking awesome. This one's sad. So yeah, guys, you. you can everybody can reach out to me on my website, seanantonio.com, S-H-A-W-N-A-N-T-O-N-I-O. You can go to my website and it connects you to all my social media, a lot of my interviews, a lot of my book stuff, anywhere. Uh, my, my, my Instagram, I just started a new Instagram about a little bit less than a year ago called Sean Antonio Life Coaching, just like it sounds. Mm-hmm at Sean Antonio Life Coaching, S-H-A-W-N. Um, and I put up five days a week, I put up um, inspirational posts to remind you about what life could be for you today. And then also you can sign up to my, my weekly mailer. I, I mail out this thing called the Daily Dose of Awesome. And five days a week, you get it in your, in your inbox. And it's just a message, whatever it says. Like I said to you earlier about use your superpowers. That's one of them that's going out this week. Uh, and so I have a bunch of that. So you can find me there. And I started doing this. My phone number, you can actually call or text me. It's 310-428-5017. Yes, I'm being that bold. I'm giving my phone number out. 310-428-5017. Shoot me a text. 
Guys, I give out free consults. So if you're struggling in life with anything in your life, if your life is amazing and you just want to level up, I'm still that guy. So anywhere in the spectrum that you are in life, I'm the guy to talk to. And yes, I'm always as excited. I'm always as enthusiastic. And I do speak this fast. Usually if I speak too fast, I'm going to slow down. But <laughs> so yeah, you can reach out to me on shiningtoner.com um, or you can uh, just give me a call or shoot me a text and, uh, and we can connect from there. So I want us all to live our best lives. That's it. That's it. That's fucking it. What Paris Hilton says, which I love that, that word she created called sliving. Yeah. Slaying and living your best life. Yes. Sliving. I yes. love that word. I just heard it on her show, Cooking with Paris. I love that show so much. <laughs> it's hilarious. I'm like, can we all just live every day? Like, slay and live your best life, everybody. Yes. Can, we, can we all do that? Please, 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 please. Yes, absolutely. Well, That's what I'm leaving you guys with. We're going to put all of that in the show notes as well. So all of it's going in the show notes. Cool. And God, you've I, like, I just could talk to you for hours and hours because... <laughs> <laughs> thank you rachel i now embark on going to analyze performance data and spreadsheets with my full-time job after this oh wow <laughs> that's great that'll be fun it's not, not that exciting i mean like hopefully you'll i'll bring your excitement with me but i've, <laughs> I've been Take marketing it. and stuff like that so anyway we thank you so much for that and then our final question which we yeah. like we like to leave on more of you know just in case our podcast might have been a bit not of a, a downer, but just a bit serious. We like to leave on a, a higher, kind of lighter note. Vibration, if, yeah. Yeah. If you were a juice, what would you be and why? <laughs> I'd, I'd probably be an orange juice, I guess, because I'm full, I'm full <laughs> of bubbles and I'm very bright and shiny. <laughs> and, I, and I'm full of sugar. I'm really sweet. <laughs> I've never been asked that question, by the way. I guess I would be orange juice. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. <laughs> and I, oh, and I compliment a lot of things. <laughs> so, Amazing. <there> <laughs> Love, it. Love it. Yeah, guys, great being with you guys. I definitely shoot me a text after this, and um, I want to connect with you guys on a personal level anyway. So Aww. you guys have been amazing. Thank you for seriously starting my day on this fucking super crazy beautiful note. Thank oh you. Oh my god, thank you. We I definitely appreciate the extension and definitely will connect with you. Absolutely. I'll find awesome. you on Instagram as well. Awesome, guys. Great being with you guys. Thanks for getting juicy. You guys are badass. Thank you. <laughs> I'll talk to you guys very soon. Rock Bye, and roll. Sean. Your week. Bye. Thank you. Bye.